On this week's Bet the Process podcast, we have three seasoned sports bettors talking about it's sort of like navel gazing. We're just kind of like talking about ourselves and what we do and why we're better than everyone else and why we're very principled and everyone else isn't very principled. Um, but if you make it to the end, there's some interesting tidbits of conversation and would love to hear how many people actually do make it to the end. So with that, let's start the process. Bet, 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 bet the process. Bet, 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 bet the process. Welcome to the podcast. Bet the process. It's not the typical cookie cutter nonsense. If you came just for picks, you're in the wrong place. Find a talent with the narrative to make a strong case. Instead of blindly assuming a team must be tanking, we're looking for the edge of Massey Peabody rankings. Crunching all the numbers in a simulated system that break down the data analytically driven. Media coverage of sports gambling is pathetic. The bottom line Welcome is- to the long awaited return of bet the process where rufus and i will likely hug it out or maybe we'll finally do our 10 event decathlon uh, you know to see who is the best most athletic smartest human between the two of us uh we're also joined by like because we have one tout on this podcast now we had to have another tout so that he wouldn't feel lonely so we're joined by one of our favorite touts Rob Pizzola. But um, in all seriousness, Rob, you reached out to me earlier in the week and you sort of had uh, viewed this horrific event that happened last week um, from afar and sort of all the drama that ensued and then finally got a chance to listen to the podcast. So from your standpoint, what was the what was your takeaway? What was what what did you think about it? Because you shared some things with me and I thought they were fair and uh, but but it would be interesting to hear your perspective from afar and then, and then having listened to the podcast. First thing I will clarify, former tout, Rob Pizzola. So <laughs> I, some might say once a tout, always a tout. And, and I, it's fair well, to be What does our friend Seth Burns say? Once, right. you're a goat once you blow a goat, yeah, you're a goat blower for life, whatever, right. So just wanted to clarify that. But uh, I will say, first and foremost, very entertaining pod last week. Uh, I actually thought it was one of the best episodes of Bet the Process ever. Um, and I, I, I am not a stranger to confrontation or anything like that. And I, I found it interesting, but uh, I did reach out to Jeff um, on the side and, and just let Jeff know that uh, I thought he came across as a bully on that podcast, where a lot of the points that he could have made or did make, I wholeheartedly agreed with them. Um, however, it was the manner in, and the tone in which he confronted you, Rufus, that it, it came across as, uh, him picking a fight. So, uh, I, I thought a lot of what Jeff said, uh, echoed a lot of how I felt, um, about Rufus's announcement. And in fact, I talked to Rufus about this last time I was in Vegas with him as well. Um, but it was the manner and the tone in which it was conveyed that personally rubbed me the wrong way. So one in my in my defense on this and i actually haven't re-listened to it which probably tells you something because i'm afraid to like listen to it in here if i do sound like i bullied bullied poor rufus but i'm afraid to listen to no, in, in my defense i mean it is a little bit of my shtick as an interviewer to be confrontational like no one cares when i do that to matthew holt or the uh or the sharon otterman of william hill on stage at sloan but then when i do it to poor rufus 
it oh. makes me a bully. I mean, the but, difference is you give them a chance to answer the questions. <laughs> that, that, that was part of it. That was part of it for sure. Um, I guess I didn't, I guess I don't, I guess I'm, I'm curious. Yeah. Well, so, but, but Jeff, it, Jeff, I appreciate you trying to save me from embarrassing myself. You know, you're just, I appreciate you looking out. Part of the issue with last week's podcast, right. And not to get too inside baseball, but I think Rufus, you're largely conflicted by this whole thing. Like, I, I don't think, you know, what you're saying. And to some degree, we had had this conversation off. I'll let you finish. We had had this conversation off air that made me think like, let's not talk about this anymore. And then you kept bringing it up. And that I think potentially that's when I really was like, let's not talk about it anymore. But that being said, like, yeah, we, we can talk about this, this thing. So just describe in, in no uncertain terms, what you have done with the standpoint of selling your projections and whatnot. And, and then we can kind of dive into a little bit more about, because, you know, originally we had wanted to have on, or I had wanted to have on Brian and me from the Action Network to talk about the challenges that they faced as, you know, a, a company that, that started off with a very, um, I, I think they had a really important goal, which was to try to help sports betters and try to create tools similar to you and unabated. And then they had to go into a, a deeper, you know, sort of, they had to go into a different direction that I think a lot of us don't totally agree with at times. And um, so Rufus, I mean, feel free to now take the floor and tell us what, why you did what you did and, and what well, you're doing. Is that for, First off, I, I think just because being conflicted about something doesn't mean that you don't know. It just means that you have a more nuanced opinion. You have a nuanced opinion that's evolving. I think we all have opinions that are evolving on things. And that was kind of the point I was trying to make that like circumstances change and the world changes and your opinions change. And that's why politicians get into a lot of trouble. I personally think politicians that are the so-called flip-floppers like are in a way like uh, the ability to sort of change your opinion like in the light of new facts is I think a good quality. And I think people that kind of are just like, oh no, I said this once, I have to like take the stance forever. I think that's, I mean, I, I, I don't particularly think that's a good quality. Now, I think it's one thing if you're like, I'm just going to shift, like, I mean, it, it depends on the manner you do it. And if you have a good reason for changing your opinion, but I mean, I think. So, uh, don't, so Rufus, don't talk in, don't talk in abstract, right? Like talk in the reality, like, right. okay, what, what, what am I doing about your opinion? So, like, so, what do you, what, why are you doing what you're doing? Like, let's, let's get into it. Don't like, that's the frustrating thing for me is like, you're talking all these abstracts about like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm entitled to change my mind, all this kind of stuff. And it's like. Okay, so what, what does that mean? Sorry, Rob, you had something? Well, I, I think I think the, the issue that I had, and you guys will remember the episode that I was on earlier where um, I, di I didn't feel like I was personally attacked in any way, but obviously it was a lot was about my tout background. And Rufus, you were like you were on the complete like one side of that that conversation, right? All touts are bad. That was the viewpoint. And it has been your viewpoint for a long time. So for me, my viewpoint is you going and selling DFS projections is contrary to everything that you stood for, for a long period of time. And I don't know on a personal level, and we've chatted about this, um, you know, you've told me that a lot of this is promotion for unabated and you obviously want to grow that platform. I completely get it. But for me, you know, you've completely deviated from such a strong opinion that you had you're extremely passionate about that. Like yeah. I've listened back to that episode of, of bet the process. The first one that I did with you guys. Um, 
And I mean, I, I think it's fair for Jeff to call that out. I entire, like, I, I don't, I don't see any issue with that whatsoever. I, I found an issue with the manner in which it was done and, and not allowing you, mentioned, you to you mentioned that already, Rob. You mentioned right. That. But, but that's what I'm getting at. And it, it feels extremely hypocritical to me um, okay. f- f- from that, that standpoint. I, I respect your opinion, Rob. I, I will say that I think that um, I, I don't personally remember the episode that well, but um, I, I do think that my opinion maybe was, oh, I don't want to say a little more nuanced than Jeff's in terms of like, you know, Jeff thinks or thought that maybe thinks, I don't know, that Aaron Schatz is just as bad as Vegas Dave. And I think, oh, but Rufus, you use, you use the term nuance to like actually like, you know, give yourself I'm, a higher. I, I level mean, it's not as black and white. No, but but so I mean, I thought there are different differing degrees of. So we've we've bad never we've, we've, we've never just, we've never we've seen eye to eye on this Aaron Schatz versus Vegas Dave thing because there are a lot of people. If you talk to the Seville people, that think that Aaron Schatz is worse because in the one case you have Vegas Dave, who any any most normal people will see as a complete you know, shyster is a complete con man. Right. And then you have Aaron Schatz who purports himself to have, you know, incredible information, but yet it's not actionable at all for sports betting. And it, it, it's almost more misleading because he's, you know, he, 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 it's like a, it's like you show up at this event and you're dressed really well in a suit and it makes you look professional or you show up in like a hoodie and a vest is the hoodie and the vest guy worse than the guy that shows up in the suit or is the guy in the suit that shows up and actually pretends to like really be smart and educated and have gone to Harvard. Is that guy worse? Even if he's not, their information is just as, as, as uh, fewer actionable. Vegas Dave is worse. Yeah. Because, because of the marketing aspect of what he does on top of it. And, and we, we, we view, view this from our lens, like all three of us are seasoned in the sports betting world. The vast majority of people who are buying picks or any sort of service are not. So they will fall victim and they will fall prey to whoever the best marketers are in the space, plain and simple. So from that perspective, Vegas Dave is on another level relative to Aaron Schatz. And in fact, I mean, Vegas Dave is probably a guy that knows deep down he is not going to win and he is legitimately scamming people, whereas someone like Aaron Schatz does not. I mean, I'm not saying that and I don't know him personally, but that's likely a very large distinction between the two. I, I agree with that. Now, I, I think, and in, in, well, since we're drawing distinctions, I think that, like, I do think there's a distinction between DFS and betting. And Jeff, I, I asked you sort of, you never responded to this. We were having actually like a nice discussion on, on WhatsApp um, over the weekend. And I said, you know, I, I use your term of first principles. I don't know if that actually applies, but I basically said, what is, what is it that I fundamentally disagree with about touts? Well, so... Rufus, the the issue is you have made a career. Okay, and a okay, but but I'm asking me, I'm asking me, a direct let me, question. Let me. Let me I don't want I don't want to hear your generalities. I would like an answer. Here's the frustration thing to me. Okay, you have made a. a I don't. I honestly don't know. I've made a career out of betting, Jeff. I, I don't. I haven't know. made a career out of being in the media. As your media brand, one of the main parts of your brand has been anti-tout. True or false? 
Like we have spent many episodes talking about anti-tout being anti-tout. I think it's, to the but, point but, where but my question is why, Jeff, Jeff, but you didn't answer my question. Why was I anti-tout? What I about don't, I selling don't, picks? I honestly don't know. And you let, let me finish though. So you, you've made this sort of like shtick about being anti-tout, right? And so as you've made that shtick, right? The, the idea that now you were saying like, you, you know, like when Jambos approached you to work there, right? You had a justification for why potentially working at Jambos would be okay, right? And you and I had very difficult conversations then also, and those were private conversations where I was probably also equally a bull, as a bully to you because I just couldn't believe that you would be thinking about working for Jambos. Now, thank God you didn't do that, right? But you weren't, don't, don't act like you weren't close to doing that because you were close to it was, doing that. But it was because of not, it was, it was about the other stuff that they were going to do in that direction. Not but you, the, also, you also suspended your own disbelief that maybe there could be a way that you could provide real value selling projections. So I, I do think you've always been a bit conflicted on this as much as your public persona has always said that you don't like so, people that sell. Jeff, sell I was never going to be involved with something that was selling picks. Plain and simple. That that was so you're 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 drawing a distinction between actually selling picks and selling yes, projections. I am, and 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 I I mean Jeff, I was I, I, the question I asked Jeff that he never answered is why was I why I have I been against? I honestly I honestly don't know. So okay. you can tell us why. Okay, okay, what I've said is the ecosystem is one where if you're winning, if you're if you're selling a valuable commodity, if your picks are good, um, they end up you end up not being a successful tout, and and you end up providing less value because. The lines move, and so it's it's not a real viable business. And the people that succeed in the tout world are the ones that are just really good marketers, and you know they provide no value. DFS is a peer-to-peer game. Having projections alone is not going to win you money playing DFS. It is very much about game theory, and the projections are a part of a product, and it's part of something within a community. And so someone actually responded um, a tweet that I actually um, thought was kind of spot on. Um, it was dog stats last uh, DAWG, I guess, probably Georgia person. Yep. He's like a big fan. He's like one of our big listeners, super nice, but doesn't really like me now after how mean I was. Well, he said Rufus Peabody being a part of a community at Establish the Run is not a tout for God's sake. He's not Vegas Dave ripping people off selling golf bets. He's joining a community of people who value his knowledge and are willing to pay for it. 99.9% of folks in the space are recreational betters slash fantasy players. There's 0.0% that's predatory and recreation has value. I see a clear distinction from sharing process and info and straight up selling picks. If all anyone wants to do is be a sharp, then be a sharp. Don't sell, don't podcast, don't share, just bet. But joining a community that doesn't operate as a business, wait, and that community operate as a business, sorry, is a bigger issue for Jeff Ma and Seville than for 99.999% of people. Um, so, I, there were some good, I mean, I, I obviously heard it from both sides um, and in the last week. Um, but I do think the big thing is that like, for me, I'm, I think A, there's a distinction in the fact that you can't just use my DFS stuff and go bet hundred percent based on that. Because like, I mean, you can have an idea that I like, you know, um, Scotty Scheffler better than I like I don't know, Will's Alatoris this week, but, but by how much, how do you price that? 
you know, you're not going right, to. But doesn't that, that make it and even also, worse? Then? Doesn't that make yeah. it even worse then? You're basically Pinto, saying. Like, there's less right. value. Are you saying what I'm giving out is less value? That's yes. less value. Well, I'm saying, okay. I, I'm saying it has value for DFS purposes. But you're saying that not that, like. The, it's, the it's, idea, it's not actionable. And I'm saying the value of it is in, in DFS, the value, like projections. What a lot of people said is projections are something you need to play DFS. But, but. Like the best DFS players don't win because of projections, but they need good projections. I would so agree with that. So you can make an argument that maybe they're pro- like, you know, that, I don't know, is it worth it's, it's them a, paying for my projections rather than some other projections out there? You can make that argument if you want. I mean, personally, I think my projections are quite good, obviously, so, but so what's, so the, it's, it's the, I mean, like the, the this the question is a question, right? which is like fundamentally, what do we, what do we find the problem with touts, right? And if you go back to like that Sprager chart, it is essentially that the information that you're selling is not valuable and you're charging people for it. So, so this therefore- is, Jeff, I guess- The Sprager chart here, though, we like talked saying, about. This is, so my point here is projections are part of a process. It's okay. not the end thing of the process. But Rufus, so that's like, doesn't- It's that's, something that's, take, like, it's like if I sold- Okay, our friend Ted Knutson sells data. They create and sell data. Now that's a part of a process. I bet, you know, I, I clearly, I buy data, you know, from different sources and I use that myself. And I think DFS projections well, so I think are it's essence, probably a how, part it's of a process. Then, at the core, it's probably then how it's marketed, right? And if it's marketed as, hey, here's some data that you can feed into a model that can help you beat DFS, that's different. I, I don't know how they market you, how they market the fact that they have Rufus Peabody's projections, but I'm guessing it's marketed in a way that makes people feel like if they get these projections, they can win in DFS. So we do these live streams every week and that is never how we talk about it. Do, do they do it's, advertising? It's, all, they're this? talking they, about ownership. It's talking about marketing theories. on this. Sorry? Do they do digital marketing at all with this? There's, I don't know, marketing on twi- tweets, I guess, but that's I don't believe the tweets are saying Rufus Peabody's projections mean you automatically win a DFS. No, but, inherit, but inherently there will be people that believe that, right? Regardless. But now, how, I, so how does Rufus, so, I don't, Rufus, yeah. I, want, I want to make this explicitly clear. I have okay. zero problems with what you're doing. Zero. The problem that I have is the hypocrisy for what, from, from where you were for many years versus where you are at now. That's the issue that I have. But inherently there are going to be people that buy those projections that think that just by using those projections, running them through some sort of optimizer or whatever, they are going to immediately win at DFS. That's going to happen. Whether you market it that way or not, that is going to be the case. So there is going to be damage done to some people regardless. Now, I'm not saying this is right or wrong. This is the way the world works. And it works with every single product on the planet, not just whether you're selling. Okay. Right. I, like my, you know, Jeff works for Microsoft. Yeah, I'm sure there are people that will buy Microsoft products that are probably better served to buy an Apple product. Well, but they've also, been. Yeah. You know, I, I'm, they're definitely not buying. They're definitely not buying Microsoft products because of me and because of like. I, I, but you're part. You're part of the ecosystem in some capacity, Jeff. Whether you realize it or not, it is the case. But, I, and, but we don't. Our products are good. Like it's not like we have. Shitty I'm not. Products. I'm not suggesting it that they're not. I'm and I, I'm really not suggesting that they're it's not. All, that's all I think that's a really bad. That, that, that was a bad. Analogy. That, that's the way you I don't think them. it's a bad analogy at all because there's You're people so- that are going to buy products where they're better served to either buy something else or not to have bought it whatsoever. And if they're just they fall victim to marketing or just 
general beliefs. I mean, that's just the way the world works. That, so I, just, I think I think if you market something like knowingly that's false, right? Maybe that's kind of the key to all this. But right? am I marketing something knowingly that's false? Rufus, I'm not like this is not about I know you want the world to be about, about me. We're, we're now yeah, this talking is this whole macro. thing was about you. We're talking macro about the concept of like why we should like you brought up a good point. OK, for all those people that think I hate Rufus and never say anything nice about him. <laughs> you brought up a good point, which is like to understand like at the core, it's understanding what our real problem is with touts. For me, again, and this I, is and what I'm, I asked you, Jeff. Literally, this is what I asked you. What did you think my problem with Talbot is? And you were like, I, I have no idea. Rufus, I was telling you, I don't know the answer for you, so I would love to hear. Right? And you the, do know the answer. We've how how long have we been podcasting together? How how many times have I talked the, about it? Here's the reality: is I don't think you realize, and, and this is like in your mind, revisionist history, how like tough you've been traditionally on touts. Period. I agree. Right. Like, I know I've been like very a tough. Dr. And Bob look, I, or I, on like an Aaron show or on a right. There's a reason that the right angle sports guys, like you drive them crazy because of mm -hmm. your stance that, you know, all touts like, and, and you, you like, that has been something that I've had. Gone, and you can't, you like, this is the part where I get annoyed, which is that you can honestly say like, yeah, okay, I, I was my, my, my viewpoint, all of this has changed. Right. Like now that I'm in a business trying to make money and off of my projections and I need to like promote unabated, things have changed. And that's sort of the fundamental issue. When you are a sports better who, and you're doing some shitty podcast that seven people listen to, you can stand on your high horse and say, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong. But all of a sudden when you start a company that's selling like tools and content and whatnot, and you're promoting that, then all of a sudden your opinion has to change a little bit. It seems a little self-serving. Well, I mean, I first off, yes, you're right that with the company, I have people other than myself I have to think about. And sometimes it requires compromise. Um, yep. And sometimes you have to do things you might not have done or, you know, and, and but I'll say like, I, I do think that I probably was too harsh um, in the past um, on things and too black and white in terms of how I viewed things. And I, you know, I think that's something that as I've gotten older, I've sort of, I don't know, become a little realized that more of life is in the gray area. Um, but I, I, I think you're, you're in, you're entitled to change your opinion on anything. And I truly believe that. And um, I think that's fine, regardless of how harsh a stance you, or, or how, um, extremist stance you had on one side. I think you're entitled to change your opinion. Um, however, I think you would have been better served, Rufus, to come out and immediately address it and say, I had these opinions in the past. I've learned over time that maybe I was too strong in them or for these reasons, I no longer feel that way rather than just publicly making an announcement that I'm selling projections now. So, okay, and I really I, think that did you in big time. So selling project. Okay. But that I'm part of a DFS product. Yeah. Product but, and that, 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 uh, ETRs. Yes. Yes. I will say I still, I mean, I still personally like unabated is never going to sell picks. Like that's, that's, I, I still do to me. Don't say never. Don't use that word anymore. I'm saying I that. wouldn't. Okay, fair enough. But you have business partners. I mean, I know Jack well. I'm fairly certain he's not going to want to sell picks or anything like that. But this is this is my point, right? I mean, you can make these blanket statements, but 
things change. But you're over right. Time. You're right. Yeah. I mean, things do change. And it's like saying that, yeah, I mean, if you say anything definitively, you're, you know, right. You know, I, I could say I'm never going to change my gender. Right. Fair enough. Fair. I don't know. Uh, like, yes. yeah. But my, po- so, <laughs> my point is you could, like, I could make literally the most definitive statement and, and there's yep. some non zero chance that something, right. But I mean, to me, all I can do is I, you know, I, I, obviously I can't change history, but I mean, I still do believe there, I, I still do view there being a distinction. Like I don't have any issue with people selling data. Like I buy data. Right. And I guess the way I view this is this is a part of people's process for DFS. This so is not, it, this is an intermediate step. This is not the, what? Perfect. Do you think you should, it'd be okay if you sell your projections for sports betting purposes? My projections for sports betting purposes equal outcome, I guess. But somebody, Jeff, well, somebody Jeff, has to do the Jeff, work to compare like, it to a line. I, technically, yeah, I've been is, in the gray area. Same, we put out, we put out Massey Peabody picks for many years for free. And right. is the distinction that there's money being charged Rufus. in a way? Yeah. I don't know. Cause I mean, cause you know how much crap we've gotten for even giving picks out on this podcast from Rufus, certain people. Rufus. Cause it's we're the charge, free It's the charging. That's the issue, right? So like, if you charge, if you charge. Is for, it though? Is, is the charging is. the issue? Because I don't personally believe, like if I had an anti-tote stat, I think there's more people doing damage on Twitter, for example, that have 100K followers that are giving out free picks on a daily basis and building up a following of people who are just going to bet whatever they tell them to bet. And they're not I think charging that's doing the more consumer damage. directly, but they're making, they're profiting off of it by building a following in which they can monetize. Agreed. And I think that there's people that are out there that are doing way more damage doing that than someone selling a package for 50 bucks a month um, and giving out a few plays a day. That's my personal belief. And it, because it's reaching the masses way more. Right. But I think the, the kind of key to this, right, is like we as individuals, right? And, and Rob, you had the nice way of calling us seasoned, you know, sports betters. Although I don't feel so seasoned as I've watched this uh, Warriors in-game bet that I made. <laughs> go into go into shambles uh w- you know you mentioned that and i mean would you ever sell your picks or projections could you foresee doing that see, in jeff these where- are different things picks and projections rufus, like, rufus okay. let me ask rob a question don't stop don't you've been interrupting me let me ask rob a question would you like in the place in your life you're at would you feel good about trying to profit off of people by selling the information that you, that you do, which is that something you would, and, and I'm curious, like, would you do that now at, at this point in your career? I have considered it on multiple occasions. I'm fairly certain that if I were to sell my picks now, people would be able to use them to make money. And on top of that, I would make more than I'm actually making betting on sports. I'm very confident in that. And Rufus, how would you feel about Rob if he did that? If he just started selling pick packages on, you know, online? You know, I put, I, I wouldn't personally ag- agree with that, but I mean, he can, you know, I would, I still respect Rob as a person for sure. And what if he sells, and, 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 and I know, and I know Rob isn't going to intentionally try to hurt anybody. What if he just sold projections instead and didn't, didn't actually sell picks. He sold projections. So you're trying to get to where this cutoff is. And I, I can't tell you where that cutoff, I think cutoff is, I think for everybody it's different. By the way, I will say when I was running Prediction Machine and took over that product, we sold projections, not picks. Just want to say that for the record, but I changed from selling picks to having live probabilities on site that people could use for betting purposes. But we, and 
and honestly, I, I like for me, you know, the challenge for sports betting for me is I don't want to be around all day anymore. And most of my volume is coming from, especially I, I bet mostly hockey. I bet a lot of NFL, obviously during NFL season, but a ton of that volume is coming from reacting to news, injury news. I literally can pay someone to be at a computer all day to input lineups for NHL. As soon as something happens, I have an automated model that will rerun that game immediately. But I have to be around to bet that game, which is a huge problem. It's not something that I want to do. Somebody can find value in that service and be able to get down on that. I just don't want to be the guy sitting at a computer 14 hours a day during NHL season. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. Uh, I, I, I strongly believe I'm not going to go that route in the near future. I may down the road, um, but because I'm not at my wits end yet, but I'm getting close. I mean, I don't really enjoy sports betting anymore, but I think I could provide value to someone who really does and monetize that in the process of doing so. That's my two cents. So it's interesting because, and I have no idea if people are going to care about this whole conversation we're having because it's so it's so in the in the weeds i think it's interesting though right i think it's interesting also i just don't know if even our seven listeners will find it interesting because it's so in the weeds because essentially there are so many reasons to feel like touting or selling projections or selling picks now this is like the whole you know when we when we had the first episode ever of like Tauter Sharp, and we had the whole thing with Dr. Bob, he emailed me the definition of what a tout is, like where it's like you're, it's in its, in it, his definition really had to do with marketing, right? Where you're falsely or like using marketing to convince people to do this. It's like from back in the day. Now I've seen some of his emails and I know, I don't think he actually writes this emails that he markets, I think he has someone that does it, but I've seen some of his emails, which do use somewhat arbitrary endpoints yeah. and do market in a way, you know, and, and he's much louder on marketing when things are going well. Right. And, and honestly, like he's running a business. Like I understand why he's doing that. And like, similarly with you and unabated Rufus, I understand why you're doing it. Now you can't expect me to do this podcast the way we've always been doing it and not take you to task for something that you largely would have had an issue with someone else doing. Right. And maybe your opinion has changed, right. That that's fine. And I think your opinion has changed because you are now entering into a business where your opinion has to change. Right. Although, I mean, I, you, you, but Jeff, you yourself said back into like about back in 2018 with the whole Jambos thing that I was like, that my opinion was always more complicated than, but, right? I mean, isn't that what you, you said earlier in this podcast? I, I just, I think you're, you were, you're so dying to work on something and work with people. And I, I don't, and I don't, part of it. I, I want to be part of like, think at the end of the day, something. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't believe that you are as staunch about this as you think you are and being anti-tout. And I think this has proven it. And I just think you have to go back and listen to some of the things you've said over the time about touts. And, and, you know, it's, it's probably fair time to like go and, and do a, a, you know, a tour where you apologize to the right angle sports of the world and to the, you know, Dr. Well, look, of the world. 
Okay, Jeff, my whole, the way I view what I'm doing though is, is per, like essentially selling an in, well, for selling an input to something like well, it's, a, so someone's it's, process. It's not, it's, it's not the same as, as Ted Knudsen's product because his is raw data with no sort of, you know, process, like something that, and, and making it's, it's, an it's, analogy. Well, it's always subjective at some point, but it's not the same Rufus. And I'm, I'm saying your analogy is incorrect because he has raw data that he's capturing that has very little subjectivity placed on it. What about, what about like pro football focus and their like game grades or, or they're not game grades. They're um like yeah, player, player grades. grades. Yeah. They are use, literally doing them. work on, I, right. They, they are essentially build a model and they sell the output to their model. Their model is how to grade these players. I mean, they sell more than, they actually sell picks. No, I realize they sell picks right. too. <laughs> but but you know, it's, I mean, it, it, it depends on how granular you want to get. And from the sounds of things, Rufus has these different buckets. Whereas for me, it's one bucket. And right. it's, you know, and, and the end of the, at the end of the day, I don't see what you're doing, Rufus, as being any different from what, right angle sports is doing that's fair i will say that you're right everybody has different buckets and i'm not trying to say that my bucket is more like or that the way i view buckets is is somehow like the only way to view them i realize that everybody views the world differently jeff don't interrupt me jeff jeff let me finish my sentence you know everybody views the world differently and i'm okay and and that's where ed and i at right angle sports agree like we we've agreed to disagree on these things and we can like i I still have a ton of respect for him and it's it's not something that i would do personally but it's still like i i totally respect him and that's how he sees the world his way and i see the world my way and that is totally okay and my way isn't any more right than anybody you know else's way we're all my opinion is just one person's opinion yeah, I, I think it's interesting because I think the nuance piece of it, right, the different shades is like the very dangerous part because then that's like where you can kind of justify what you do, right? And I, um, when, I th- when I think about this for me personally, it's what, what would I, you know, and, and I think the challenge for me is that I would love to have a business in sports betting of some level, right? Like I, I love sports betting. I love the industry. I love being part of it, but I just can't need a Calcutta business. What's that? We need a Calcutta business, but I can't find a way to get into this business that uh, makes money that I feel good about when I go to sleep every night. And, you know, I think once you get into a situation where, you know, you are even unabated, like I worry about where unabated needs to go and whether unabated's able to actually deliver. And I know you and Jack that you are steadfast in your belief that you can do it and you know, more power to you, I hope you can. But I worry that over time to the point that Rob was making, like don't say you're never gonna sell picks because at some point there might be a time when you need to like, if you end up and I, you end up taking money from investors and VCs and you got mouths to feed and you got and the, the way to make money, you know, is to, to sell information and sell picks. And you probably, it's probably plus EV at some level for some time. Does that make you a bad person? Probably not. But does that, is that like definitely something that I would, I would personally struggle with? Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, I'm not the only person, like I'm one of a team of founders right, right. at Unabated. So obviously I, I, but I can only 
talk about what's within my control. But I think part of, I mean, we, we have a bunch of people that kind of view the world as like, you know, we, we, there's a reason we came together to start this company and that that's because we kind of view the industry in, in the same way. And so. I mean, that hits home with me. It's the same thing for me with BetStamp, right? At the, at the end of the day, we're an affiliate. Like we, we make all of our revenue, 100% of our revenue by directing players to sports books. Do I have a problem with that? No, because everything we are doing within our power is to help the player win, plain and simple. So can I, you know, I, are there going to be people that go to sports books and lose via bet stamp? Of course, but I'm doing whatever I can to educate those people to, to run tutorials within the app as soon as they download on just the value of line shopping. Like we work with sports books. We get bet boosts from sports books, odds boosts, right? Mm-hmm. But that's like we, the, that, that always ends well, up being, being like the weird one, right, Rob? Because like if you're making your money off of sending betters to sports books, like there is a misaligned incentives there, right? Because they're not incentivized for you to send them winning sports betters or per- even. One hundred percent, but at the same time, Rob is saying it's not affecting what the content, you know, what what they're providing. And so, Correct. I'm guessing, Rob, you're saying it. If some point they stopped paying you because of that, you wouldn't go, you wouldn't suddenly change and provide crappy stuff to them. You would find a different way to monetize it via subscription or something else, probably. Correct. Right? We have alternative business models in the in the case that an affiliate comes to us and says you're not sending us quality traffic, uh, or sorry, a, a sportsbook comes and says, you know we can't pay you the CPAs that we're paying you right now. Obviously, like we have backup plans for that, but it's not, for, for me, I do not feel right. First of all, I wouldn't, I, we don't take rev share deals. I would not take a rev share deal because I'd never feel comfortable taking percentage of someone's loss. I think that's just completely wrong, especially if we're sending them. That's, a that's directly, I mean, that, right. That's directly right. inverse incentives. But But on top of that, like, you know. But as, if, he, as, if they paid you, if they paid you more, if they decided they were going to pay you more for different archetypes of users, would you be okay with that? No. And we've collectively discussed that as co-founders. Even, even look like our sportsbook review section on our site is not sorted by CPA. It's sorted by what we think are the better sportsbooks. We have a sportsbook finder on site where people can, can fill out a survey on their betting habits and we will direct them to the sportsbook that we think is best served for them to have a good quality experience. Like that's what it's about. I'm trying to run a business in the sports betting space that we can monetize and make a lot of money off of, but I can go to sleep at night and feel like I'm actually doing a service to people. That's what it comes down to for me. That's my personal agenda. But obviously, yes, I know at some point there's going to be someone that finds points bet or DraftKings or FanDuel or whatever book through BetStamp and bets there, and they're going to lose money despite the fact that we are telling them how to win money. And there's nothing I can do about that. There's never anything I can do to change that behavior. And it's very likely they would have found that book in some other fashion. And that's what I can live with personally. Do you think that the betters, the LTV, like, is it net positive for people to actually use your service and bet, right? Like, are you going to end up like, are you driving like, more value for betters or more value for the sports books? I think it's, it's very close to, at the end of the day, right? There's you, no we, chance, Rob, come on. No, no, well, no that's you're, not you're, true, right? Like at no, the end no. of the day, like every, like most sports betters 
are going to be losers over time. That's the I, whole nature of the business, right? I'm getting to that. So we, yes, I, I truly agree with that. But obviously we all know this. If, if we're no longer betting into a minus 110 market and you're betting into a minus 102 market, okay, you're probably, you're going to lose over time in all likelihood, right? Unless you get on the positive side of variance, but you're going to lose way less doing that. It's going to take you way longer to lose and your experience is going to be way more enjoyable in the process. Now, if you are already on the cusp of being a winning better, you'll probably win by betting into minus 102 line, right? Or, or like finding ARBs and so on and so forth. So, I mean, I practice what I preach is what I'm getting down to. Everything that I bet at all these sports books, obviously I'm kicked out at a ton of them, but doesn't mean I still don't bet at them. I find ways to win at certain books, even when you're limited. I think we, we all know those secrets. And it, I mean, I can't turn everyone into a winner overnight. That's never going to happen. It's, I don't, I don't think that's what I'm saying in this case, Rob, I'm just saying that at a macro level. Right. And, and again, like, I think the, the challenge with this, these conversations that we're having is there's a lot of things I don't fundamentally disagree with you guys about, but at the core, right. This industry only works if people lose. Right. And if you are a business that's supporting more people to come into it and bet, right, that's largely being supported by sports books paying you, mm-hmm. then you are basically creating more loss, right? You're, you're contributing to the overall, like, situation where people are losing money betting. And I personally, like, have had moments of struggling with, with betting at some level. And mm-hmm. I don't want to ever make yeah. someone feel that way where agreed they, they, they're like, I felt like I contributed to their like lo- lower quality life. Cause they're, you know, losing betting and it's a, yeah. it's a shitty, shitty feeling. So this is for me, the personal reason. And again, like I, I would love, like, people ask me all the time, why aren't you getting into sports betting? It's, it's going, and it's because I just can't find something. And so again, like I, I, I applaud you guys for doing, trying to do what you're doing. Like I support you guys. I've supported, you know, action in many ways, um, Brian Mead and those guys. And like, I've been super critical too. Right. And like, I'll always personally be that way. I'll always be critical of you guys, but I, you know, and, and, and this is like, you know, my somewhat apology to Rufus is like, yeah, maybe I was pretty hard on you last week, but I'm always going to be because that's the, you know, that's what we all need, right? Is that, is that like ability to sort of be challenged and try to like figure this out. But, but so my, my, my my counterpoint or my rebuttal to that, Jeff, is there's always going to be in every industry, not just sports betting people. I don't want, I'm not, this is not the right, like, I don't want to say people taking advantage of others, but you go to a restaurant and you pay for a, a meal, right? And they charge you a hundred bucks. It probably costs them, you know, $20 in ingredients and whatever they paid the chef and whatever. They're turning a profit off of that. Like at the end of the day, they are in the, in the business of running a business and making a profit, right? And this happens in every industry. And for me, I'm trying to do the same thing I'm trying not to gouge people. I'm trying to educate them. If every sports book called me up tomorrow and said, Rob, can't do these deals anymore. You're sending us bad traffic. We would cut them off. And that's it. I'm not, I'm not changing my business model to, to accommodate. It's on them. It's on the sports books and how they spend their marketing budget. Rob. So if you go back to this, right. So 
this gets back to this whole nature of sports betting and, and what is the intrinsic value for people, right? Like the idea of losing is paying for entertainment, right? So you go in a restaurant, it's a shitty restaurant, you pay for dinner, you paid for food, right? You paid for an experience, you paid for the whole like thing. Like going to a movie you know, or something. You, you know, know what you don't get anything at the end, you paid, right? You yes. know what you're getting into. But sports betting is that thing where it it's marketed both as entertainment, but then also marketed as a way that you can actually win money, right? Like every ad you see shows you that like win this, that, and like that's, there. there is, I, I do think you're I, kind of kidding yourself if you think the analogy from a restaurant is the same as sports betting, where this is a very predatory business at the core. Sure. That, but that, but, but Jeff, oh, oh, oh. Jeff, what if I'm working not to enough. make it not predatory? Like what, if, you know, if, if you're not, all- a, you're not a sports book, that, that's the unfortunate thing. So at the end of the day, like they're, they're like, fair it's, enough. Like, you're saying, yes. Jeff, okay. He, he, Jeff, I have a question for you. What about somebody selling data, like, like a site, like pro football focus, who has a deal with like the Jacksonville Jaguars or a bad team. And they're not going to use that properly, right? Like, I think, think about like, like a football, like, or, or any sports league, right? Because I, I think this is it, kind of what sports betting is. It's a competition among people. It's, or that's what it should be in a way. Like, that's what exchanges are. And that's what, in essence, that's what poker is, right? These are like peer-to-peer games with some sort of somebody facilitating it. And that's not exactly what sports betting is. That's what DFS is. But that's, I think... But I yes and no, would, right? DFS but, is still is DFS still like a sharks and minnows game. DFS is a peer to peer game. No, poker is a peer to peer. Like is, historically, is poker a sharks? yes, it is. They both are so, sharks and sharks and minnows so, games. So, I, so I think that the issue that I maybe have most with this is the in the industry itself because you guys are talking about the sports betting industry from a standpoint of of uh, of a model that doesn't exist yet rufus right you were talking about exchanges and there's no exchanges in the u.s as far as i can i'm tell. just i'm trying to come but, up but, with but a Jeff, close you, comparison here because it's yeah. not like you're right it's not strictly like people are like oh i'm paying for this and i don't care if it wins or not right but it's a it's a game it's a game that's what it is and people play a game and they try to win the game but they it's, still it's enjoy a game it with a pretty tremendous when you, when you play monopoly with your kids have you played like do you play with james is he, I, play, I, I play Monopoly deal. I play Monopoly junior. Yeah. Right. Do you still enjoy the experience if you like, do, is it, was it only worth it to buy Monopoly if you won the game? So again, we're getting back to this intrinsic thing. I also, I also have never like had to figure out like how to pay a bookie with cash because of Monopoly. Right. There, there's a, there's a, there's a difference, right? This is like, the analogies you guys are making are okay. just like just, well, well here's like i'm yeah. being as, as as upfront and frank as possible i like i appreciate the openness of this conversation but everything we do and i say this in all sincerity and i think it's probably very similar for rufus jack and dan as well but we do in the interest of trying to help people become better betters period that as a business that is what we're doing we will sacrifice profit for helping people become better betters. I could easily pay an SEO guy and a content team a shit ton of money now to to put out articles. And we will do stuff like that, but we will do it in a transparent way where every single person who writes an article or gives a free pick on a site will have a bet stamp record with a verified profile so that anyone who reads that can now consume someone's betting history and say, okay, maybe this guy doesn't win or maybe this guy does win and process that information and do whatever they want to do with it. 
But I think that there's an integrity component that's missed. And there's a lot of businesses that are just out there to frankly make money and that's it. Right. Exactly. They don't, they don't care about any, they they don't actually care about what they're doing aside from insofar as it makes them money. And honestly, if I'm being 100% real with you guys, that's why prediction machine went under because I was not willing to, to do the things that had typically been done with that site and not run that site. That went from a site that was making two and a half million dollars a year to a lot less when I was running it. So for obvious reasons. I I want to to piggyback on that, Rob. Like, I mean, look, I'm going to, I'm going to mention my dad here because my dad is someone I really admire and look up to. And he's, he is a, he's an architect. And the thing that he really is passionate about is the environment. And he like designed the first passive house in the Washington DC area, which is like a off the grid net zero house. When the recession happened in 2008, like before that, he had like a wait list of people. He was only he was only designing houses for people that wanted that were willing to design them sustainably because this this is what the principles he you know believed in. When the recession hit and people weren't building, he had some rich people come to him um, that wanted him to design a house because he's a really fantastic architect. But they weren't they they, they did not want to do it in a way that aligned with his principles. And he said no. And he paid, he continued to pay his, um, his small business, his employees and took a loss that year. Um, he lost money and didn't fire anybody because, because he was, you know, he want, this is what he believed in. And this is the way he wanted to do the business in a way that was with, you know, that was in line with his principles and the way he viewed the world. And so I, I have a ton of respect for that. And I have a ton of respect for people that sort of build businesses that are, you know, that are in line with their ethics. So the analogy here for you guys would be that you only work with betters that you fundamentally believe will follow what you do will not end up like going into a rat hole. Of That's not true. That I, I finish, finish. I off mean, that's not true on my end. I, I'm a realist, Jeff. No, like I, I know, and, and that, that's kind of like that's again, you, you get to the you get to the point, right? Which is that, Rob, when I listen to you do your, you know, idealistic notion, and I 100% believe, you know, I have a tremendous respect for you. I 100% believe that you want to do that, but I go, fuck, that's a shitty business. Like if I'm your shareholder, I'm like, wow, I would much rather him try to make money off of his business in the best way possible. And I so it. I get it, but that's why I'm partnered with shareholders that like we, we took on, uh, and we took on capital in, in January of this year. And we're partnered with people that share the same vision, plain and simple. And I will only take capital from people who share the same vision. And if people don't want to invest in that business, then fine. They don't have to, but honestly, what we're doing is working. I mean, we're growing a community. We're making more money than we spend it's it, it, it the business is working we get we, you know our, my my following is growing quite a bit our circles off following is growing quite a bit i'm not, i'm a realist i i know that not every single person that we that bet stamp sends to a sports book is going to win in fact the majority are going to lose i'm in reality though a lot of those people are going to lose way way less than they would have had they not found bet stamp and i i firmly believe that I'm very sensitive to problem gaming as someone, I don't know how much you guys know about me, but as someone who's suffered from problem gaming before, it's very sensitive to me. It's not something that I ever want to see people go down that road, go down that road. But my best friends know what I do for a living. We get together on a Sunday NFL and they're betting the games 10 minutes before game time. 
and they're betting at the same sports book. And like, you know, there's certain people that are just not going, you cannot educate them. They just are uh, un, you know, receptive to the information that you're giving them. And I'm aware of that. And I try to avoid that at all costs. And I really try to preach everything that I believe in, even if it includes giving away an edge of mine. And I say that in all sincerity, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I know that the business that I'm in, I know what, I know what we're doing, but that, that like, that applies to so many businesses, Jeff, it really does. I mean, if, I know it's obviously there's a sports gaming. There's a continuum, right? Yes. I, and so, I, and I, I, I agree call with sports that. betting like pretty far on one end of the continuum. Right. And so that's for me, like the, the issue, the issue here. And so, yeah. But you guys would know this as well. And Rufus, I'll, I'll, I'll let you chime in in one second. And you guys would know this. And I, I'm sure there's people out there that think they're doing the exact same thing as me, that they think that they are providing value. And that's where it's a, a blurry gray area or a blurry line, right? Like there's, I'm sure there are touts out there that truly believe they are winning betters. They're pro- providing value to their clients. So that's where it's very difficult and it gets blurry. I know that you guys know me. And you guys, I mean, there's a lot of people that I work with that know that I win at betting. And, and what I preach is the reality of the situation. But there's people on other ends of the spectrum that preach sports betting advice that is complete garbage and nonsensical. Bet against, you know, fade the public, reverse line movement, stuff like that, that are viewed as experts. And I think that's where potentially a lot of people just get dragged into that one bucket. That's... You know, I, I strongly feel like that. I, I mean, there's people that are, there's a lot of people that are trying to do right. But if you, if you do the Venn diagram of people that are trying to do right and are actually providing value, uh, I mean, there's, it's, it's a very small percentage of people. That's, that's certainly the danger of a business in this, in this industry. Right. I was going to ask Jeff, what you think about sports books? Like, are they, is that an ethical business to be in? Like, but you know, if it's run, I mean, we, we, I think we agree that not all of them are run in ways that we agree with. Um, I mean, I think generally I don't love sports books, right? I mean, I think like someone like Circa is trying to do things like hundred percent the right way, like Westgate, those kind of places, they're trying to do things the right way. And so, you know, but it's, it's hard, right? Because ultimately, again, if you go back to this idea of me telling Rob, he has a shitty business, if you're running a sports book that is not taking advantage of, you know, losing betters, you're probably running a bad business, right. Compared to what some you could be running. And so I don't personally, you know, like if, if I got an opportunity to be CEO of one of the publicly traded sports books, I might be interested in doing that, but they probably would not be interested in the way I'd want to run it, right? Because there is a whole different take that I have on how to run that sports book that I think both allows for much more recreational fun betting. So like, again, if you get back to the intrinsic value of betting, right? It needs to be fun, right? And like, I think if if it's entertaining and fun and you're losing a little bit of money, then it's like, it's like going to a casino. Right. And like, that's the whole point. Like, and, and, you know, the whole like idea I once had a pit boss explain to me that, you know, uh, winning at card counting was like sneaking in a movie. You're not paying the price of uh, you know, the admission or the price of entertainment of getting into the movie. 
And so, um, yeah, I mean, I largely don't take most sport. I, I, I wouldn't work at most sports books. A friend of mine just who lives in New York just said he's been hanging out a lot with the new like BD people at a lot of these sports books. He's like, Hey, do you want to intro me? You can network with them. I'm like, no, I have no interest in networking with those people. So does that answer your question, Rufus? Yeah. I mean, cause I think a lot of your arguments could have been, could be seen also as being against like the whole industry existing. Exactly. That's I, and I, I was feeling the same way about it. As, as it is, I do have a lot of problems with the way the industry is. Like that's but, one of the reasons. But you, you bet on so sports, Jeff. <laughs> you bet you bet on sports. Right, but 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 we both do it. Like we've both gone through a journey, Rob, where we're like at peace with ourselves and we're we're good with what we do. Right? No, I'm I'm serious. Like but, there, but, but, journey of okay. hope and wonderment. There were like points my, in my life. Jeff was in Joshua Tree last week. I never I never bet on sports. Right? Yeah. Like, same with got, me. And and so like. If, if you would, there were points in my life where if you said you wiped out sports betting as an industry, would you be okay with that? And I'd be like, yeah, I think that would be net positive for the world. People but, have always so, but, loved but to there gamble. Is the entertainment. Go ahead, Rufus. People have gambled throughout history. People, yeah. I mean, people love, I mean, I think it's, I don't know, it's in our nature. So yeah. again, the question becomes like, do I have a problem with the industry at large? Yes. Do I think it's correctable over time? Hopefully. Do I still hold out hope that one day I will be able to enter into this world in some business, you know, leadership role? Yeah, I'm still open to it. But I am very principled, right? I mean, there's a reason we've never taken advertising on Bet the Process. It's not because people haven't asked us a ton. It's because we don't want anything to compromise you know, the, this amazing product we put out that we spent so much time on. Like, we don't want anything to do that. And we right? spend it's, money on it. Yeah, We've lost a good amount of money on this podcast. We spent probably tens of thousands of dollars to, to make. You can, just, you can just take the amount of episodes that are out there, multiply it times 100, and that's how much money we paid to produce this fine product for you all. So you guys have never paid for a guest, correct? Correct. Well, okay. Just wanted to, yeah. I was hoping oh, yeah. that was the case. No, I was hoping. I've never paid for a guest either. I was just asking. Just asking. I, I was like, what do you, like, it would be the other way is that guests would pay to be on the show. <laughs> well, no, when, I mean, you're, like, when you're promoting yeah. your podcast as having seven listeners, which guest is going to pay to come on, Jeff? If it's the right seven listeners, who knows? <laughs> it's true. true. I guess that is true. Yeah. I mean, listen, I, I, I have just a fundamental disagreement, right? Um, uh, I, I I don't I don't see the gambling industry as being a problem. I think it's the way that their uh, specific books are allowed to operate. So sp- specifics within the regulations, um, it's very different in Canada than it is in the U.S. right now. Uh, I'm not saying that it's a whole lot better, but in the Canadian market, the sports books are not allowed to directly market any of the bonuses that they offer. So all that. of all of the commercials in Canada are built on the brand rather than promotional. Now, are there still going to be people that find bet three, six, five and points bet and whatever bet MGM that lose a lot of money, develop problem gaming, of course, because just all the, you know, it's overly saturated with those commercials, but it's not, uh, you know, deposit here, get up to a thousand dollars and this and that. And um, I I think that's a a little bit more predatory. Um, So it's a little bit different here, but I just think that this could be solved with proper regulations. 
the pro I agree with that, Rob. And honestly, when we were, when Jack and, and Alfonso and I were looking at starting the American Betters Coalition, what we wanted to do was essentially advocate for regulations that were better for the consumer and less predatory. But the problem is, how are you going to do that without money and without, you know, someone that knows how to, I don't know, lobbyists, et cetera. And so it's, right it's now it's nearly US, impossible. The regulations are written by the, by the operators, basically there it's their money. That's, you know, paying for, you know, paying politicians and they're getting their voices being heard and the voice of the better isn't being heard, which is, and that's why, that's why things are, are the way they are right now in the U S. Well, I mean, you made, you made, um, 2.4 million last year. So you I could probably pay some like politicians. Well, your group of three people, I can divide. You have some free money floating around. I don't know with this current state of crypto, if you do or not, but um, I mean, it's time to start paying some politicians, Rufus, to hear your voice. I don't have that kind of, I don't have that kind of money. I'm going to lose it all on this Cal NBA I mean, the, Calcutta. The, the so. reality, I'm, I'm, I mean, I've, cer I've certainly lost money in the last few <laughs> last week, obviously, as, as I think all of us have probably. And the, the reality yeah. of this is you guys are kept getting onto at the core, my issue with the industry, right? It's, it's not us, right? It's huge. It's Jason Robbins, right? Like, do you want Jason Robbins to be basically like the most known business leader in this industry because he is probably right now. Right. And that is, I mean, I don't think he's, I think he's known right now, but it's mostly, I mean, you see Twitter, you search Jason Robbins and you have a bunch of people being like asking, you know, talking about how he should be fired and how, how much well, money they've lost. No, it's, it's not a bunch track. though. It's not a bunch of people. Like this is a very, it's a very small minority. We get caught up in like the Twitter verse a lot of times and the people that we associate with, which are mostly sharper betters, that it's a, such a small mind. Like, just as an example, obviously, this um, the, the story of, I can't remember his name, apologies, but the guy who was making um, NFL draft bets at Barstool oh, in Colorado. Yeah, we haven't even talked about that. Yeah, he right. was apparently like works for the city of Denver and is like director of recreation or something. And, 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 Portnoy just was like trashing this guy's character because he's hustling around betting. Portnoy props. literally said, fuck that, that guy. guy. Yeah, That's what he literally said because he's driving around to different sports books, trying to find the best numbers. And he has access. He might have access to information. F that guy. We don't want him to play with us, which honestly is fine for Portnoy to internalize. Should never obviously publicly say that out loud, but you know, Jeff Benson from Circa on Twitter made some comments about that today. And there were some people who bet at Barstool that were immediately up in his mentions of like, oh, you don't know how great a bar sports book Barstool is. And they you know, advocate for this and that. And all he's saying is like, well, I mean, you should never really be able to go to a counter, place a bet. They take your ID and then say, no, 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 we're no longer accept. They literally printed and then moved the line. They moved the line and they, they said, printed okay, a ticket for yeah. him at the limits. They said they were going to give him and the line they were going to give him. He showed ID. They said, this guy's a sharp. You can no longer bet this amount of money and you can no longer bet this line. They moved it before they gave him a bet, which is it's illegal, right? Nobody knows. It should be. It. It's illegal. This, this exists in our Twitter verse. Like we're all seeing this as sharper season betters. You know, VSIN will try to communicate it out to people. I will. There will be a certain Jack will, so on and so forth. But 99.9% .9 of people who bet will never, ever hear of this, ever. Yeah. That's a serious problem, right? I mean, 
and and how how do we go about changing that? I mean, it's it's nearly impossible, but at some point, there will be someone who has the influence to do that. At some point, we yeah. I still think the idea of some sort of advocacy group for betters is good. I think we just need to find a way to like, I mean, you need better someone who's good at business, not like me. I personally do not enjoy this business side of things. Neither do I. I like, I'm know, a product guy through yeah. and through. That's likewise. As I think Jeff is yes. as well. Tech yeah. guy. Jeff's more of the tech, the, the tech side of things. All right. Let's, uh, let's wrap this up. So Rob can make his, 740 720 720 tea time yeah it's important to me you're earlier than me but actually though your three hour difference i didn't yeah. I just didn't th- thought about that now yeah rob how many rounds have you played so far this this year uh roughly two dozen it's pretty good yeah In toronto that's i mean yep warm now but that, T- I mean, today was i'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna do the fahrenheit conversion for you guys just so you know what it was today which was a beautiful day. It was 86 today in Toronto. Wow. Damn, it's, it was only 70 in Las Vegas, actually. So I'm, I'm, I will actually be flying to Vegas on Friday. I'm there for the weekend. Monday. Actually, we should meet up, Rufus. We should probably do a dinner or something. Let's, let's make it happen. We'll make it happen. We'll talk about how much of a scumbag Jeff is. <laughs> I, we'll talk, you'll talk, we'll talk about how much of a hypocrite <laughs> I am. the first time someone's had that conversation in the last, <laughs> last couple of weeks. So, um, all right. And everyone, thanks for listening. If you made it to the end of this, it's uh, a subject that I think we all care about. I think the reality is like, we're all a little bit conflicted on it too. And you can hear it in the tone of our voices, but um, we'd love, love more feedback on this because we, we care about this. And uh, Rufus, I, I love you also. You sent a very nice tweet to me, Rob, you know, I think we all have a lot of respect for like our little, our little crew, um, even when we fight. And I, well, I hope listen, we're, I we're you guys know. I hope you guys know that for me, like there is a lot of stuff that is much more important to me than making money. And and this is, in fact, the ETR thing is not about money. It's about so it's it's about something completely different. So for me, that's the you know, if it was just do this for money, that would be a very different uh, thing for me. But yeah, I would agree. I feel the same way, and I think it's it's fine for us to have differing opinions. That's a reality of things. I mean. We're not, we're not all going to see eye to eye on everything. I'm sure there's people that will listen to this that will be on different sides of um, the equation. There's a lot that turn it off after five minutes, but that's... that's I, I, I don't think, think so. I think it was a really nice... I think this is a very compelling Jeff conversation. nuanced discussion. Yep. I th- it did evolve. I think got we all did. Otherwise, we wouldn't have done it. I just, I'm just curious. The sports betting industry as a whole about... I mean, I, th- I, thought, I thought it was if fantastic. If you made it to this end of the podcast, tweet at us so we can count it up. Is mm-hmm. it the over-under is like six and a half. I'll take the over. I'll take the over. If I give it one retweet, it's a, a minus 10,000 favorite that I'll take the over. Ooh, do quite, here's the question though. What's the line if you give, what, what's, what's your over under if you give it a retweet? I will say this. I do check my engagement metrics a lot, especially for the, the videos and, and um, podcasts that I do. I do have a very devoted following. This is going to be a highly listened to episode. We have, we, we have oh, a I, I, following too. You guys, this sounds egotistical. It's, it's, it's seven. It's seven. It doesn't just sound egotistical. egotistical. It's <laughs> not. I, I'm a data guy, Jeff. You know this. I'm, I, I, I make, you know, analysis that is rooted in data and evaluating data. I have a very strong following of people who will listen to everything that I do, period. Doesn't matter what podcast it is. So 
this will be uh, a lot of people will get to the end of this. I'm, my... You're a data guy. So I'm literally pulling up our listenership metrics for pa- your past episodes and we'll see how they rank. Yep. Go for it. All right. I mean, listen, most of those, some of those episodes were, were, I'll call out for what it is like just garbage content altogether, part me included. Like we, but we talk like, shit. you know, you, Jeff messages me 10 minutes before the episode starts of like, Hey Rob, we got no guests today. Are you interested in joining us? I'm like, sure. I'm doing nothing. Let's go. Right. And we, but I, I like those conversations. They just kind of lead to whatever, you know, I think they're interesting. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll talk to you all again next week.